Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Connor. It's a great privilege to be a part of the ministry that Surrender is doing this year. So I appreciate the work that they do and the challenge and inspiration they have been to us over many, many years. I hope you're doing well. These are pretty crazy times. I know there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment. So my prayer for you is that you'll know a great amount of God's grace, wisdom, strength, and resilience at this time. You know, each of us from time to time asks some of those big questions about life. Who am I? Questions of identity. Uh, Why am I here? Questions of purpose and meaning. And what is life all about? These are questions that all of us from time to time ask. You know, when uh, the Apostle Paul back in the first century was writing to a young leader named Timothy, uh, he said to him, this is in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, that you've been saved and called with a holy calling. I like those two aspects of life. Salvation. Salvation is all about God and us, making that relational connection with God, our creator. And so God wants all of us to be saved, to know him in a personal way. But notice that life is not just about being saved. In fact, we're not saved just to go to heaven when we die. Otherwise, we might as well go there now. Uh, What are we doing waiting around? No, we're not only saved, but we're called with a holy or a sacred calling. And so calling has to do with our contribution, our vocation, our purpose, our mission in life. It's interesting to look at the life of Jesus. We're told that at his baptism, uh, the father burst out of heaven and said, this is my son. With him, I am well pleased. That's my boy. And I I love this. Uh, At the very moment that Jesus comes up out of those waters of baptism, uh, think about it. Jesus hadn't preached a sermon. He hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't done anything that we are aware of. And yet he was fully loved, fully accepted and fully approved by God. It's the same for you and I. And this revelation of God's love for us as his children is something that we need to know, not just in our head, but in our heart. I still remember when our first boy was born, a little boy named Josiah, and I remember holding him in my arms, a little redhead boy. I used to be redhead. Uh, And I remember holding him and thinking about how much I loved him. And, uh, you know, take my house, take my car, take my job, but don't take my little boy. And as I was overwhelmed with love for him, I was thinking about why I loved him. Um, You know, he hadn't scored an A on a test yet. He hadn't kicked a goal and he definitely hadn't made any money. In fact, it cost us a lot of money just to get him to this point. You know, my love for him was not based on what he'd done, but simply because he was my child. And uh, that was a moment of revelation for me to realize that's how God feels about me. That's how God feels about you. His love for you is not based on your performance or how well you're doing, whether you're scoring A's, kicking goals or making a lot of money. No, his love for you is a free gift, a free gift of grace, not based on our performance. Not about you, but that's good news. And so God wants each of us to be saved, to know that free love that he has for each one of us as his children. But Jesus didn't li- Jesus' life didn't finish at his baptism. Uh, not long after this, we read in the Gospel of Luke that uh, Jesus went into the local synagogue, the, the gathering place for people of faith, and he stood up to read a text from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, and it's recorded in Luke 4, verses 18 to 19. Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me 
to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And so Jesus, his calling, his mission, his purpose, his vocation is defined in this reading right here. It describes God's work in the world that he was going to be doing. He was going to be doing. In many ways, it was his why. <laughs> why was he living his life? It wasn't just about baptism and him and God being in this wonderful relationship. No, he had a mission. He had a contribution, a reason to be living. It's the same with you and I. Uh, we're to be saved, to have that relationship with God that's not based on our performance. But we also have a calling, a contribution to make to the world. Uh, the Apostle Paul picks this up in Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9. It says this, God saved you. There's that word salvation again. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so that no one can boast about it. Notice that God's love, salvation, it's, it's a gift. It's not based on our performance. But Paul goes on to say, but we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So see the themes here of salvation and calling. Salvation, a free gift, God's love for us, but then calling a contribution that each of us have to make. Paul uses the word masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. One translation says his workmanship or his handiwork. The Greek word there is the word poema, from which we get the word poem. And so you and I are a work of art, not a piece of work, a work of art. God is shaping us and making us uh, to uniquely contribute to our world. And so I believe your calling, your contribution, it's not something you just decide. It's something that you discover by having a good look at the way God has created or shaped you. you know, many years ago, American pastor Rick Warren came up with this idea of discovering our unique shape and using the word shape, S-H-A-P-E, as an acronym. And so the letter S stands for spiritual gifts. Every one of us have been given one or more spiritual gifts. The letter H stands for our heart, uh, our unique desires and passions. Uh, what, what makes your heart beat a little faster? Well, what, do you, what do you get excited about? What, what energizes you? Uh, on the flip side, what annoys you or makes you angry? You know, sometimes that's a key to our contribution. You know, if you get really annoyed by disorganized things, then maybe you've been uh, created to bring order to our world. Or maybe you get really annoyed by boring, predictable things. Uh, you know, maybe your contribution is bringing uh, creativity and color and wonder to the world. And, and so what annoys you? What makes you angry? These are some questions that can be very insightful in discovering our unique shape. And sometimes we need to look into our past to understand our future, do, do a little archaeology. Uh, another question is, well, what did you love to do as a child? You know, for me, when I was a kid back last century, 
my parents would visit friends and uh, you know days where sometimes people didn't have a TV, there was no internet. And so I'd often sit by the bookshelf in these people's homes and I'd flip through the Encyclopedia Britannica, learning about all kinds of things. It was quite funny. I've done the Strengths Finder test recently and one of my number one strengths is learner. <laughs> Uh, there it was, way back in my childhood. I loved to learn. I loved to, to, to read and to discover new things. And uh, for me today, that's, that's one of my gifts is to learn and to research and to uh, find new insights so that I can grow and then be a benefit to others. And, and so what did you love to do as a kid? Uh, these are some of the questions that can help you discover your heart. Uh, so letter S, spiritual gifts. Letter H, our heart. Uh, letter A refers to our abilities. Uh, all of us have natural talents and skills. Uh, we're not all the same. Not everyone's musical. Not everyone's athletic. Not everyone's academic. We're all different. But what are your unique abilities? Letter P stands for your personality. Uh, the way that you're wired. You're different than everyone else. And that's okay. You're unique. What is your personality? And then letter E stands for our experience. You know, nothing is wasted in life. Everything you've gone through. Even the mistakes, even the failures contribute to your overall life message. And so it's important that we all discover our shape, our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, our experience. Because as we discover our shape, we begin to know not only why we're saved, but what our calling is, what our contribution is. Uh, and you'll be most effective and most fulfilled and joyful when you're living your life according to your shape. Uh, I've got a little uh, example here. You might have seen one of these before. It's an ice cream scoop. Uh, I don't know how many bent spoons scattered around the globe until someone had an idea of inventing the ice cream scoop. Uh, this is an amazing invention because it's got a really strong handle. And when you scoop into the ice cream container, this baby's not going to bend. I mean, it's strong. It's been designed specifically to scoop ice cream and it does it really, really well. Now, there's a lot of things you could do with this ice cream scoop. Uh, I mean, you could probably use it as a hammer, you know, knock a couple of nails in. You could probably weed in the garden, you know, dig a little bit. Uh, you could use it as, as a paperweight on your desk. There's a lot of different things you could do with this ice cream scoop. But it functions best when you use it for the intention that its designer had in mind. You know, it's the exact same with you and I. There's a lot of things we could do with our life. A lot of things we could give our energy to, but you're going to be most effective and most joyful when you function, when you contribute in a way that matches the way God has uniquely shaped you. And so I wonder if you've taken the time to have a reflection on your own life and what your unique shape is and then live your life from that understanding. You know, in many ways, our mission is at the intersection of what we're good at, what we care about, and the needs of the world. If, if you could discover what are you good at, what do you care about, and what are the needs of the world? Right in the middle there, right at the intersection of what you're good at, what you care about, and the needs of the world is your mission. And I want to really encourage you at this time. And that's what Surrender is about, is helping to make us aware of the opportunities and needs out there and then encouraging us to take what we're good at, take what we care about and make a difference in the world around about us. 
You know, Jesus once told a parable about the sheep and the goats, and it's a well-known story uh, about the sheep and the goats and God kind of dividing them. But when it comes down to it, the only difference between the sheep and the goats was what they did and didn't do. Uh, you know, the sheep, the goats saw a lot of needs, they saw a lot of opportunities, but they didn't do anything about it where the sheep actually saw needs, saw opportunities, and then they allowed their heart and their, their gifts to get involved in doing something about the needs of our world. You know, we can't do everything, uh, but we can all do something. You might have heard the, the funny story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Now, somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. In the end, everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. <laughs> when there's no commitment, nobody does it. How true is that? You know, don't be a person who has an opportunity in front of them but doesn't seize the moment and uh, engage with God, what God's moving your heart to do. Uh, you know, today we have a world in, in great need. Uh, you just got to put on the news and there are challenges and crises and traumatic experiences happening both locally, uh, nationally and globally. And, and so often we can be overwhelmed with all that's happening in our world, all of the challenges, all of the needs. And uh, it, it can really just kind of almost paralyze us to the point where we, we don't do anything about it. And there's a very interesting word in the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah. And uh, back in Isaiah's time, there, were, uh, th there was amazing uh, turbulence and instability and uncertainty, just as there is today. And there's this very interesting phrase in uh, the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah 59, verses 15 to 16. Listen to these words very, very carefully. It says, The Lord looked and was displeased to find that there was no justice. Wow, I mean, if that was true over 2,000 years ago, how much today does God look at our world and, and he's displeased to find that there's no justice? You know, when there's injustice, uh, that's the opposite to God's nature. He's a just God. and uh, It's the very heart of who God is. And it goes on to say he was amazed. God was amazed. You know, God gets amazed. God was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. That's one of the most moving statements, I think, in the Bible. God was amazed to see that no one, no one intervened to help the oppressed. Uh, you know, as we, again, as, as we look at the, the problems and the challenges in the world today, often I think sometimes we say, why isn't God doing something? You know, if there's a God, why is there suffering in the world? Why isn't God doing something about all of the needs in the world? And, and so often we're waiting for God. <laughs> we're waiting for God, wondering what, what is he doing in his world? Well, Isaiah says, actually, it's God who's amazed. It's God who's up there going, why is no one acting? So you and I are his image bearers. We've been put on earth to, to not only be saved, as we've talked about, to not only have a loving relationship with him, but to reach out and have an impact on our world. 
In fact, if, if you think about your church, you know, most churches exist for three reasons, to, to love God, to love each other, and to reach out and impact our world. If we're only here for the two, first two reasons, then we, we might as well go to heaven right now, because up in heaven, we'll see God face to face. I mean, that, that, that'll be amazing. Up in heaven, you'll be easier to love, because you'll be perfect, and so will I. So if we're only here to love God and love one another, then we might as well go to heaven now, you know. If you believe in baptism by immersion, when you baptize people, you might as well hold them under a little longer till all the bubbles are gone. You know, no backsliding straight to heaven. I know you don't do that. I'm only having fun with you. But seriously, if we're only here to love God and love each other, then we might as well go to heaven right now. No, the third reason is why we're still here, because there's a world out there that needs to go, needs to know God's love and a world that we're called to bring good news to. And so the real question is, as we look at all the needs of the world, as you hear some of the challenging situations and the opportunities, even through the ministry of surrender, we could be going, why isn't God doing something? Isaiah would be saying to us today, you know, God's actually not only displeased about the injustice in the world, but God's amazed that no one is intervening. No one's doing anything to help the oppressed. And so who is waiting for who? Maybe we're waiting for God. I think God might actually be waiting for us. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for me to allow our heart to be moved and our gifts to be engaged to meet the needs of our world. We can't do everything, but we can all do something. Let me pray for you today. God, I pray for each person listening to this message. Lord, may they know that you love them. May they experience that incredible salvation. But may they also know that they are called. I pray that you would reveal to them the unique way that they're shaped. And they would discover a sense of identity and purpose and meaning. And as they uh, follow their heart and use their gifts, Lord, the world would be a better place because they're doing so. I pray for all the churches represented today, uh, that you would bless the pastors and the leaders and uh, help them as they articulate the vision and mission you have for their church community. I pray for a spirit of unity, particularly at this time, that uh, each church would gather together around that common cause of not only loving you and each other, but reaching out to our world with, with good news and with the love of Jesus. And so I pray, I pray a huge blessing on every individual, every church today. I pray for surrender and the great work that they've done over many, many years, making us more aware, pricking our conscience, uh, challenging us about injustice. And so bless surrender and the work that it's doing. We ask this today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I love the game of chess. Uh, chess is a, a wonderful game. And, you know, I think if we saw life as a game of chess, I think we could hear God saying to us, it's your move. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.